0: Workplace well-being. The clear benefits to a company for taking good care of its staff. In this podcast we explore the following. What is workplace well-being? Why is workplace well-being important? How well-being benefits business? The holy trinity of well-being. How to write a well-being agenda? Seven ways to make your workplace support well-being and about Claremont. Richard Branson says, There's no magic formula for great company culture. The key is just to treat your staff how you would like to be treated. Workplace well-being. It's a phrase you've no doubt heard, perhaps even one you've used. But what does it really mean and why is it now one of the top five boardroom issues for UK businesses? Too many companies talk about their employees being their greatest asset. Yet it's not borne out in their behaviour, be that working culture, remuneration or environment. With more and more investors using employee wellness and engagement as a barometer for the health, stability and culture of the business, the concept of workplace well-being is finally garnering the attention it deserves. Our workplace behaviours, cultures and environments are not keeping us fit, well, productive, happy or profitable. Finally, businesses are accepting their moral responsibility to take better care of their people. Ignoring workplace well-being is not an option. The figures are startling. Prolonged sitting Excessive sitting down, the bulk of which we do at work, costs lives. People who sit down for long periods have a 90% greater chance of mortality from cardiovascular disease, are more prone to depression and have much higher chances of lung cancer, 54%, colon cancer, 24%, and womb cancer, 32%. Sick days Sick days make a £29 billion dent in the economy, says PwC. But presenteeism, feeling compelled to work longer hours, going to work ill, not taking holidays, is costly too at £15.1 billion. Doctors appointments. Millions of UK employees postpone medical appointments because of work and 49% of people feel stressed at work every day according to the British Heart Foundation. Mental issues. 70 million workdays are lost each year due to stress depression and other mental health conditions and with 60 to 70% of those people in work employers must not ignore their needs in the workplace obesity 40% of the UK adult population will be obese by 2025 according to new research that's an increase in mental physical and social conditions problems too economic factors a lack of motivation and suboptimal health cut a potential 6 billion pounds from the economy in 2012 according to the Centre for Economics and Business Research so what affects employee productivity creativity and happiness and how can changes to the workplace promote the best financial and moral outcomes for businesses and employees alike in this podcast we will look at the real definition of well-being and why it matters how to put a well-being agenda in place and tips to make your workplace support your well-being goals What is workplace well-being? Until the 1990s, the working week was reducing by an hour each decade. But with the economic crisis of 2008 came the perceived need for us to work harder and longer and the working week started to increase again. The truth is that businesses cannot rely on us working harder or longer. We're at capacity and can't keep increasing the stress we put ourselves under. The focus has been on making people more productive and efficient. It's this ethos that has given rise to employee and workplace well-being. The notion that we should invest more in our assets if we are to extract more value and ultimately profitability. All too often, talk of employee and workplace well-being centres on the superficial notion of happiness. The idea that smiling staff are the epitome of well-being. And while it's certainly part of it, this overfocus on happiness has made some businesses nervous of the well-being agenda, fearful that happy staff will somehow lack focus. In turn, they equate workplace happiness with unhappy shareholders. To the contrary, happy workers are the more productive, but workplace well-being is more than happiness. Google's definition captures it perfectly. Well-being is the state of being comfortable, healthy, or happy. To our mind, it is the combined effect of these three. Comfort. Comfort is impacted by culture and environment. Health both mentally and physically, in the workplace and out. Happiness. Feeling valued, engaged, motivated and supported. The evidence speaks loud and clear. There is a strong and proven connection between happiness, workplace well-being, productivity and performance. Companies with a strong culture have significantly less staff turnover than those without. 13.9% for those with, 48% for those without. This is according to research from Columbia University, cited in Eric Sue's blog on It Really Pays to Have Rich Company Culture. According to the University of Warwick research, happy employees are 12% more productive than the average employee, with unhappy workers being 10% less productive. A psychologist from the University of North Carolina found that companies with the greatest financial performance were those that used the most positive language and communication in their operations. A focused approach to workplace well-being can have the same impact on absence as a proactive sickness absence management program, according to the Chartered Business Institute and Pfizer. A report from the World Economic Forum noted that businesses actively supporting well-being were the most likely to see improvements in employee engagement, productivity, creativity, and staff retention. Why is workplace well-being important? The drivers for well-being sit in two camps: There are the wider socio-economic drivers that have brought well-being to the attention of company boards and the individual business challenges that well-being can address. Putting well-being into context There's a global movement for workplace well-being. This is in no small part attributable to the increased retirement age and the idea that most of us will be working for much longer. If the X, those born between 1960 and 1980, and Y, those born between 1980 and 2000, Generations are to work into their 70s, it is vital they are fit, mentally and physically, well and competent. As a society, we need to be ready for that, and employers are realising the huge onus this presents. After such a period of economic turbulence, there is also a blanket acceptance that businesses and employees need to be more resilient. Those organisations that weathered the storm, thrived even, were flexible and nimble reinventing themselves as market conditions changed. They were the businesses where employees were motivated, enthused and supported. Eminent Professor of Psychology Carrie Cooper makes the point in Simply Health's Wellbeing Strategies White Paper, saying, Improving psychological well-being and resilience is increasingly seen as a vital part of the overall business strategy to create a motivated, flexible and committed workforce. At the start of this guide, we talked about the perceived need to work longer and harder. The well-being agenda shows this as foolhardy and has helped to make employers more morally aware of their responsibilities. Companies have started to accept that if they are to demand more, be that time, energy or effort, they need to invest in the well-being of their workforce. Now, as our working lives become more transitory, with up to seven careers predicted in a lifetime, according to the Wall Street Journal, the balance of power has shifted to the employee. They have more choice and will exert it, opting to work for companies that give them the best career opportunities, well-being and quality of life. It extends far beyond financial remuneration. And finally, the well-being agenda has gathered pace because of the staggering cost of ignoring it. The UK government's own policy paper, Health, Work and Well-being, points out that the cost of workplace absence is putting an unbearable strain on the country's economy and public resources. John Andrews, PwC's HR consulting leader said, absence is still a significant drain on British businesses. At a time when companies are striving for growth, it is vital they address this cost by looking for ways to improve employees' health, morale and motivation. Allowing greater workplace flexibility could go a long way to helping break the sickness cycle. It's a compelling case. Workplace well-being cannot be ignored. Employers have a collective responsibility for our health, well-being and economic contribution. Studies have shown that employees who can exercise at work are more productive, happy, efficient and calm. How well-being benefits business Probably the most compelling reason to look at workplace well-being is profitability and its impact on the bottom line. That's what has catapulted well-being into the top five boardroom issues in the United Kingdom. Here's how well-being can help your business challenges. 1. Improving staff retention Disenfranchised staff are costly. They put less effort in, affect the motivation of those around them, and then they leave. If your rate of staff attrition is holding your business back, perhaps it's time to look at the well-being agenda. Would better focus on professional support, working environment, Rewards and benefits and company culture keep your staff engaged and working for you for longer. 2. Driving Productivity Most businesses are trying to do more with the resources they have. In this instance, well-being and motivation has real commercial gain. But Professor Kerry Cooper warns in the Simply Health's Well-Being White Paper that well-being initiatives will be poorly perceived if employees feel they are merely justification to ask them to work harder. A US study revealed that the majority of the 2,000 employees surveyed were not working at their full potential or productivity because they did not feel engaged or that their efforts were valued. Fix that and the workforce will become stronger. Problem solving becomes quicker. Focus and willingness to tackle challenges goes up and output increases too. Greater focus on well-being increases discretionary effort, something that can quite literally transform productivity overnight. 3. Reducing sick days Even though the average employees only off ill for 4.4 days per year – sizable drop on the decade before – sick days are costly. According to the Confederation of British Industry, only 25% of UK employers calculate their absence costs and those that do tend to only focus on salary costs, failing to take into account the cost of business disruption, management time and increased workloads for others. By taking a look at the reasons for and patterns of staff sickness, you could identify simple well-being measures that will reduce the number of sick days and the temptation. 4. Boosting customer satisfaction For many firms, the only real point of differentiation is their people. Better employee well-being can increase effort and performance without employees even being aware of it. Businesses wanting to improve customer satisfaction scores or ratings can use improved well-being measures as a means to get there after all the best customer service comes from those that care the holy trinity of well-being now let's look at the holy trinity of workplace well-being culture environment and health in a little more detail company culture culture encompasses many factors it's about the organization's personality from the employee's point of view and takes into account everything from shared purpose and objectives to working atmosphere. If your employees are your greatest assets, you must treat them as such, and your culture should reflect that. If your business is built on the idea of sharing ideas and collaboration, then your culture needs to support communication and socialising too. That might be through empowering staff to choose the workspace that suits them, creating more communal spaces, or organising staff socials. There's no magic formula for great company culture. The key is just to treat your staff how you would like to be treated. Richard Branson sums it up with his do-and-to-others ethos. The best workplaces, and by best we mean most productive, are those where workers feel engaged, share a common purpose, and feel their personal contribution is recognised. Make well-being part of the culture rather than the latest management idea and you have the makings of a more motivated workforce straight away. Companies with a strong culture Have significantly less staff turnover than those without. 13.9% for those with, 48% for those without. This is according to research from Columbia University, cited in Eric Sue's blog on "It Really Pays to Have Rich Company Culture." Professor Kerry Cooper says, "Getting the culture right will release discretionary effort without breeding resentment." Workplace environment. Over the last 10 years, the boundaries between work and home have blurred. Longer working hours. Tough economic conditions and the proliferation of technology caused this, in part, and have also promoted the arrival of the well-being agenda. Many companies have come to understand the value of creating dynamic, engaging workplaces that motivate and inspire. The best offices have done away with rows of desks in favour of creative spaces that cater for different working styles and empower the employee to choose what's right for them. The best workplaces bring the culture to life. They embody their corporate values where once the super-corporate boardroom was the location for staff meetings, businesses are now creating more communal spaces that double up for client events, training and regular staff socials, doing away with the shackles of formality in favour of more personality. Village Greens are popping up on office floor plates, co-locating services such as printers, tea-making facilities and breakout zones in central areas to encourage people to come together. The idea of chance meetings helps to improve communication and engenders a more positive and friendly working culture, too. More thought-provoking and creative spaces provide both stimulation and freedom and visual points of interest in the office, too. Host a brainstorm in a campervan meeting room. Use a quiet pod for report writing or a video conferencing zone to avoid an arduous car journey and long day. Spaces dedicated to well-being and fun deliver value, too. Auto Trader has a health and beauty room where visiting therapists can set up camp and employees can book treatments. A charity call centre in Bristol has two slides in the office, encouraging movement and making walking to meetings and departments something that's guaranteed to put a smile on your face. Social relationships are the key to heightened well-being and lowered stress, and both are an antidote for depression and prescription for high performance, according to Sean Acor, author of The Happiness Advantage. He also says, Data now abounds showing that happy workers produce higher sales, perform better in leadership, and earn higher job performance ratings and pay. Study after study shows that feelings of happiness lead people to excel in their jobs. But with all this talk of choice, freedom and creativity in the workspace, don't forget the basics. Natural light, good ventilation, minimal noise and adequate space are all needed. Relocating storage might improve natural light. Artwork may provide more visual stimulation, and a sound management system could stop distracting interdepartmental noise. Consider how space is used. A real cause of workplace stress is the absence of or inability to access appropriate resources. It's impossible to get a meeting room, there's nowhere private to go for sensitive phone calls, or the departments I need to work closely with are too far away. These factors can be addressed by taking a much closer look at your office layout, and making changes to better support the real needs of your employees and how they work. Ask yourself if space can be put to better use and whether your office design reflects how work flows through the business and how your people behave. Technology has a big role here. The ubiquity of mobile devices has broken the shackles we once had to our desks. Workplaces need to support mobility and that requires a variety of spaces, ample access to data and power and a culture that empowers workers to choose for themselves. But as workers move about more, you need a clearer and more organised view of how facilities are being used. Resource booking systems make it possible to identify meeting spaces quickly and simply. Integrated technology in meeting rooms and shared spaces can make space work harder and consequently employees happier too. Intuitive video conferencing can remove the need for travel and touch screen presentation technology makes it possible to work on shared documents with people in other locations. Resource booking systems make it possible to identify meeting spaces quickly and simply. Technology has a big role. The ubiquity of mobile devices has broken the shackles we once had to our desks. Don't forget the basics. Natural light, good ventilation, minimal noise and adequate space are all needed. Health it's important to highlight the mental and physical impact that the workplace can have on how we feel and operate at work. A work culture where everyone is treated with respect and dignity and issues such as bullying and harassment are not tolerated will improve the mental well-being of employees. If you can promote such a culture, you will see a reduction in sickness absence, grievance and discrimination claims, complaints and the incidence of mental health problems. Taken from the Departments of Work and Pensions, Health and Safety Executive, and the Department of Health's Line Managers resource, a practical guide to managing and supporting people with mental health problems in the workplace. One in four people experience a mental health problem each year, and stress at work is one of the leading causes of people being off sick. Lots of workplaces try to manage health in the workplace, but quite often it falls short with feel-better-quick fixes, such as offering de-stress massages during working hours. Reports show that workplace stress is minimal where there is a strong social element to the company culture. An ability to talk and share concerns, meaning the old adage, a problem shared is a problem halved, has never been truer. Companies with positive cultures are best placed to manage stress and if they're doing it right, will have created a working environment and set of values that mitigate this from the outset. As well as mental health, physical health is a concern too. The active working movement has gained momentum here in the UK, with much more attention being drawn to how sedentary our behaviour is and the chronic health risks associated with our lack of movement during the day. The advice is that we should change our working position every 30 minutes, vary the working day by completing some tasks standing up, and spend two minutes each hour walking around the office. In a relatively short time, this has given rise to new additions to workplace design, with meeting tables at standing height and sit-stand desks which allow the user to change the height and assume a new working position at the push of a button. But it's not just about investing in new equipment. It's about taking an active interest in health and wellbeing and promoting its benefits to employees. Some of the UK's largest and most innovative employers offer initiatives such as free fruit, access to doctors during the working day, complimentary gym membership and even yoga and gym classes in the office. Used in conjunction with the positive working culture and liberating inspiring workspace, well-being starts to be addressed. How to write a well-being agenda Ready to make workplace well-being part of your company's culture? Here's some advice to get started. 1. Look at the challenges your business faces staff retention, poor engagement, etc. and be clear about what corporate, social and ethical benefits you want well-being to deliver. 2. Research other businesses that are doing well-being well and use their lessons and ideas to shape your own plans. 3. Identify the cost of your company's well-being needs and set a budget. If high staff turnover is costing £80,000 in recruitment fees, a five-figure investment seems wise. 4. Survey staff and ask them what they think the company values are and how they would describe the culture. Ask what they would want to see in order to improve their workplace well-being. Five. Identify what top-level changes might need to be made, e.g. introduction of a remote working or voluntary policy, revisiting office interior design, etc. 6. Create a steering group to discuss ideas and put a proposal to the board. 7. Involve professionals for advice and guidance. Occupational health professionals and workspace designers can give you an objective view. 8. Make it measurable. Your well-being agenda shouldn't be based on touchy-feely benefits, but tangible ways of investing in your people, improving the business and making it a better place to work. 9. Make sure you have full buy-in from the board and that the importance of well-being is cascaded to all line managers. 10. Launch the well-being agenda and be held accountable. If you've said there'll be free fruit on Thursdays, a get-moving program or more regular communication about company performance, make it happen. 11. Regularly survey staff and ask for their feedback. This will give you a benchmark and the ability to see if your well-being agenda is delivering the results you wanted, for the business and your employees. 7 ways to make your workplace support well-being. Effective workplace well-being requires the right blend of culture, health and happiness, and that means a more social, inspiring environment that supports the way your organisation works. 1. Variety. Mix it up. Remove the shackles of desk-only workspaces and give your team the freedom to choose the right environment for them. Younger generations want to be more nomadic, varying their environment depending on what they're doing. So they may want to work on one project in a relaxed breakout space, concentrate in a quieter zone, and brainstorm in a more social and lively space. Don't forget the importance of employee empowerment and trust, though. If the culture isn't right, Your employees won't feel allowed to choose. 2. Communicate. Get talking. Have clear spaces dedicated to communicating what's happening within the company. Perhaps a notice board could be kept up to date with financial performance, staff activity and social gatherings. Let people feel involved and engaged with the company's objectives and goals and encourage teams to talk about their concerns and challenges. 3. Question the status quo. Rethink the space. Does the environment actually support the work you do? If it doesn't, take the time to think about how changes to the layout and aesthetics could better support you. It might be relocating departments so there's a more natural flow of information between the two. Or sacrificing an underused meeting room in favour of a social space so staff can come together at lunch for meetings. Make it work for your business. 4. Involve your employees. Ask. Take the time to ask your employees what they want from their environment. Does it really support the culture and values? Involve them and you will make a positive stride forward in engaging, motivating and giving them ownership. 5. Be innovative. Get healthy. Whether it's using sit-stand desks to encourage more movement in the working day, introducing more healthy food options or investing in showers to encourage cycling to work, don't underestimate the opportunity you have to instill positive behaviours in your employees. Six, trust in your team, go mobile. If you've not already done it and it's appropriate for your business, consider introducing mobile or remote working. Increased flexibility so that employees can juggle their home and work lives can go a long way to improving happiness, well-being, and productivity. Seven, be on brand, tell your story. Take a fresh look at your workplace and see if it really supports your brand. Perhaps you could do more to remind employees of their shared purpose and values. About Claremont The workspaces we occupy influence how we work and who we are. Using our expertise alongside inspirational design, we help organisations to move beyond the limits of their space, improving how people work individually and collaboratively to enhance the performance of their business. Founded in 1977, we are one of the UK's largest and longest established interior design and fit-out businesses. With offices in Warrington, Bristol and London, we deliver environments that really work for businesses across the UK. At Claremont, we provide comprehensive office design and fit-out services. We work with you from initial consultation, right through to delivery, handover and ongoing support to shape workspaces that meet the needs of your organisation and its people. We think beyond the physical space, creating environments that allow people to work where and how they want, through innovative design and workspace technology. Our holistic approach begins by understanding what your organisation and your staff need from their work environment. We then build out from there, combining space, furniture and technology, to deliver interior solutions that help your organisation to operate optimally. Our cost and budget updates enable you to understand the implications of each decision and to take the right path to a work environment that maximises value on investment, whatever your budget. Our office interior design and fit-out capabilities cover the entire process from initial conception to completion and handover. Our consultancy services will help you to define your needs and set the scope of your project, including workspace consultancy, building appraisals, space planning, interior design, and technology consultancy. Our contracting services cover all scenarios, from CAT A and CAT B fit-out, to design and build, refurbishment, move management, furniture and technology procurement and integration. All of this is supported by our rigorous project and cost management methodology, and our ongoing post-occupancy support, which ensures the spaces we create Continue to deliver value for your organization over the long term. We have built an enviable client list, including Nokia, Shoesmiths, McDonald's, John West, Auto Trader, Bruntwood, Plymouth City Council, Handelsbanken, TNT, University of Huddersfield, O2, Blake Envelopes, TalkTalk, Talk, and the Professional Association of Driving Instructors, amongst others, and have a clutch of awards to our name too. If you are interested in the possibilities that have been highlighted in this podcast, then please contact one of our specialists on 0800 262 880 or email us at hello@clermontgi.com at for additional information. Or alternatively, if you would like to receive the full white paper version of this podcast, then please visit www.clermontgi.com.